What is up, one and all, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackberry Show. And goodness gracious, it is 2.46 on this Sunday afternoon, and at this point in time, my weekend has been pretty garbage when it comes to the world of sports. Like, the weekend itself, outside of the sports world, has been fine. It's been fine and dandy. Went up to Cedar Falls on Saturday, hung out with my sister and her boyfriend and my dad. We went mini-golfing. We had some garbage go-karts that were super slow. I bet I could walk faster than those go-karts. And then we bounced on this giant trampoline. That wasn't even a trampoline, just this balloon thing. And I skinned my elbow. So I guess some things in the personal world sucked last night. But the thing that sucked... The most of all was every single game that involved a team that I like on Saturday. And I even even looked at the bets we placed on Friday because there are a few games in particular. One off the top of my head, Florida LSU, that did not go anywhere close to what I was anticipating. But man, oh man, we'll start off with the first game. That happened on Saturday. My beloved William Penn Statesman lost their rivals Grandview at Grandview on Saturday. A whopping 38-0. Fourth-ranked Grandview just had their way. So we have, there's 38-0. We're going to calculate the number of points my teams scored or lost by this weekend, okay? The next game started at 2.30. And I think you all should know where I'm going with this one. It was the previously ranked second-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes taking on the Purdue Boilermakers. And I did completely spaced out of my mind that Iowa recently has sucked ass against the Purdue Boilermakers. I don't know how this is a case, but it is. They have sucked major dong since <laughs> the past five years. I think they said Purdue's won four of the games against Iowa. Most famously, they beat Iowa in the first game last year where Tyler Linderbaum stripped Tyler Goodson as he was having himself a nice run. Purdue ended up recovering the fumble. But good lord. I shouldn't have I should have known that before I said Iowa would cover the spread on Friday. They did not. Obviously, they lost by freaking what? Quick math. 17. So I'm not they did not cover by 11 and a half. I think that's what the spread was, anyways. They did not do that. And they were not relatively close to that either. When you get beat, the amount of points you were favored by does not matter anymore. All that matters is that Purdue covered the spread, so good job out of Purdue. And they just looked bad. Thankfully, thankfully, okay, this is where I'm very thankful for. I listened to this game on the radio. We were in Cedar Falls yesterday, on Saturday morning into early Saturday afternoon. I... Wanted to go to the UNI football game after we were done hanging out with my sister for sorority's uh, guys day. I wanted to go to the UNI game. We left Cedar Falls around 4. UNI game started at 4. I wanted to go to the game. We did not. Disappointing. But, because my dad had to leave. But, it's whatever. It's whatever. UNI didn't cover themselves in glory either. We'll get to UNI's game in a wee bit. It was not that much better. Let's just say it like that. It was not that much better. But, thankfully... I did not have to witness this atrocity unfold in front of my very eyes because, good God, I thought the game last year against Purdue was rough to watch. Hearing the pain and suffering in Gary Dolphin and Ed Porlock's voices on Saturday was depressing. And then hearing all this stuff from 
Just anything. The, the, my friends, I had a ton of friends that went to the game on Saturday. And they were sending videos asking me, the third greatest scorer, top three quarterback of all time. I'm not, again, I'm not the best. I'm, a little, I'm humble. I'm saying top three. Okay? Humble, though. Humble, humble. Not the best. Asking me if I can come out of retirement to play quarterback for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Because Spencer Petras, as we have known for a while now, is not that good. He's not. I, I will never forget watching that Iowa-Maryland game as Iowa is trouncing the Terrapins. Genetically jackhammering the ter- Terrapins. However you want to call it, they are brutally murdering the Maryland Terrapins at Maryland on Friday night for the national audience to see. And Fox Sports 1, whoever has cable out there, I guess. And whatever streaming services you have. Totally legal ways of watching games as well. They literally said Petrus is developing into an outstanding quarterback. Based on what is he developing into an outstanding quarterback? What the hell are you talking about? When you have to drive 10 yards, maximum of probably 40 yards each time, I'm not really going to go, wow, this guy's a really good quarterback because he can drive off 30 yards because Iowa's defense forces their 10th interception of the game. And this week, against Purdue, like we jokingly said on Friday, Wednesday and Friday, Riley Moss didn't play. Now, I know the joke was that another asterisk game, Riley Moss was hurt, David Bell doesn't go for two, over 240 yards, have more, off, more yards receiving than Iowa has on total offense, that they lost the game because of that. That's the joke, and if it was closer, sure. But the fact that Iowa scored one touchdown, Riley Moss being there does not keep Iowa from not scoring. <laughs> Riley Moss may have kept the game a little bit closer because Matt Hankins did not cover himself in any glory whatsoever against Purdue, from what I could tell. And Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell! They announced him as a starter, like, the day before the game. It was between him and Jack Plummer. Aiden O'Connell threw 10 incompletions on the 30 for 40, almost 400 yards passing, with, like, a million touchdowns. No, no, I think it was, like, two or three touchdowns in the game for Aiden O'Connell. But either way... What the hell are we talking about that Spencer Peters is developing into a nice out... No, not nice. Nice would be a way I would describe it. Like, at the time, it was like, oh, man, he's developing into a pretty decent quarterback. Decent. That's about as high as I would go on that. On the how good is this quarterback category. Decent. That's how you would describe Spencer Petras. At some points, there was people, beginning of the season... When Iowa was destroying teams, when they destroyed Indiana, when they destroyed Iowa State, it was like, all Spencer Peters need to do is play average, and I will win a lot of games. I don't even know if that's enough. <laughs> he's not good. And I can hear the arguments happening. It's like, there's a reason he's still the starting quarterback. Because I hear, I, heard, I hear those for every team. Like, if you don't have, you have a bad starting quarterback, well, he must be better. The coaches know something we don't know because we see it. Well, it can't be, Alex Padilla cannot be much worse than this. Or Deuce Hogan, whoever the hell you want to throw in at quarterback. Threw four interceptions against Purdue. And Purdue's got some good players. I'm not taking anything away from Purdue. They have some really, really good defenders. George Clarftis being the main guy that we've talked about a lot going into the 2022 NFL draft. D-tackled DN hybrid. Caused a lot of issues for the Hawkeyes on Saturday. But good Lord, they sucked. Thank the Lord they got a bye week coming. And I, I remember hearing this from different people on social media, through messaging or whatever, that Iowa's got an easy route 
to the Big Ten Championship. And that may still be true because they don't play really a murderer's row of teams, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois, Nebraska. But after watching, or not watching, after hearing what was going on in Iowa City against Purdue, I don't really know if there is a straight walkthrough. Because though Wisconsin, Nebraska are not the greatest teams ever, I could see them for some reason causing problems for Iowa because it's on the road. Now, you could also say, Logan, well, Iowa's biggest wins of the season have been against Iowa State and Maryland, both on the road. Now, score-wise, not against Iowa State, but the dismantling of Iowa State on that game was different. That scoreline does not show, we talked about this after the game, that scoreline does not show how bad the Iowa State game was. Closer to what Maryland-Iowa was, if we're being honest. But, man, Wisconsin's going to be a pain in the ass. Even though their offense isn't very good, it's just going to be a battle of two terrible offenses. It's pretty much all it's going to be. And we talked about Brian Ferentz on Friday. Brian Ferentz stinks. Most Iowa fans, most logical Iowa fans, have known this. But there's the some that, I don't know, what do you want to call them? Hawkeye truthers, I guess. Hawkeye blinders, they got a Hawkeye, that nothing the University of Iowa does is wrong. There are people like that in every walk of fandom out there. There are certain people in every fan. There's a stupid group of fans in every single team. Even though it might be your team, every single team has idiotic fans. And if you don't admit that, that's a problem. The people that believe in Brian Ferentz are those people. People that say Spencer Petras is a good quarterback and needs time. He's been in the system for four years. I don't care of the COVID thing. It's not like he transferred or was a true freshman coming in. He's been with the same group, offensive coordinator, receivers, O-linemen. He's been in the same situation his entire career. I never gave a rat's ass about the COVID excuse. I thought that was bullshit the entire time. Because you look at some other quarterbacks that did perfectly fine with the whole COVID thing. But you've been in the same system. Well, he's never worked with the one. You're going to tell me that he didn't work once? with Brandon Smith, with uh, Amir Smith-Marset, one time during that, not once. You and Will McIlvain, for all his problems he's had at UNI in regards to on-the-field stuff, he brought the receivers at UNI back to Des Moines, and they have a practice field in his backyard. You're telling me Spencer Peters didn't do that? At least you would hope so. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell. But good Lord, you have a receiver in the form of Tyrone Tracy who got no targets. <laughs> Who pretty much has just seen nothing this season. Against Indiana, I told my friend Noah, who I was there with, that Tyrone Tracy needs to bitch-slap Petrus in the face after that game. The amount of times he missed Tyrone Tracy is ridiculous. I don't know what it is at all. Tyrone Tracy is a, a very athletic wide receiver. Why is he not getting the ball more? He had one carry for one yard yesterday. I don't get it. Because <laughs> I remember after the Northwestern game, oh, Spencer Peach is not ready. Then why the hell, Brian, are you throwing it 50 times? Why is that if he's not ready? Well, Logan, that means he's getting him reps. He's getting in-game reps. They're having him throw a shit ton of passes because they're trying to get him reps. That is such BS. And I heard that after the Northwestern game from some people. Some. Not a lot, but some. This is the situation again where you have stupid fans in every organization. Every team out there but come on I got messages Pete how bad Petrus was if they're just getting me now they're my friends so I know they're it's tongue-in-cheek it's not serious but 
If they're asking me to play quarterback, that's how bad it is. It's bad. Run the damn ball more is what the code should be. You have the best run-blocking center in college football, maybe the best lineman in college football in Tyler Linderbaum. Why are you not running it more? Tyler Goodson had 12 carries in this game for 68 yards. He averaged almost six yards a carry. You know what two six-yard carries equals? A first down. Why are they not doing that more? (laughs) Now, again, I'll hold my hands up. I didn't watch the game. I heard it on the radio. So maybe I just don't know what the hell's going on. Maybe I just don't understand anything about this game whatsoever. But I can tell you what, throwing four interceptions in a game is not great. When you're getting outplayed by Aiden O'Connell, there's some issues there. Now you can also hear the argument of, well, Iowa doesn't have a player like David Bell outside. And that's fair. Understand that. David Bell's a beast. We knew that going into the college football season. He was my ninth-ranked wide receiver in the draft class in a very decent wide receiver class. Now, not the same as like the last two years, because those are special wide receiver classes, but it's still a decent wide receiver class. I think spearheaded by like Traylon Burks, Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Jahan Dotson's definitely up there. David Bell's up there. John Mechie, I think, just because of how hard he works and how fast he is, will still be mentioned up there. Romeo Dubs from Nevada will still be mentioned up there. Not the, like, no Jamar Chases, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell. Oh, you don't have that, but still good. Drake London's stats compared to Devontae Smith are ridiculous. They're the pretty, I think Drake, Drake London at this point has better stats than Devontae Smith had at this point last year. But to be fair, USC is down a lot, so they throw the shit out of the ball. <laughs> That's all they do is just throw the ball. They're a very one-dimensional team. And Keaton Slovis has been so inconsistent this year that the pass game hasn't worked really unless it's going to Drake London. But seriously, this game was awful. <laughs> I hated listening to it. They had the the ball go out of the end zone or touch the go out of the touch the pile on them. Their note Purdue was diving in, touchback, and Iowa did nothing with it. Apparently, Charlie Jones had a really nice return before halftime. Iowa didn't do anything with it. At least try. You're losing to freaking Purdue. I don't care if Purdue is a good team, which they are. They're now ranked in the top twenty-five. But you're the second-ranked team in the nation. You're supposed to be the second best team in college football. Play like it against a team that you should easily beat. Again, it's not any, I'm not really saying, I'm trying not to say anything totally negative against Purdue. It's just if you're ranked that high, play like it. Purdue is unranked. They lost to Minnesota, which is not great. Minnesota, they just beat Nebraska. Fan freaking tastic. They also lost to Bowling Green, so I don't really care what the... like. You can't lose these games. The sad thing is, most Iowa fans knew a, a slip-up like this would happen. It was bound to happen. The schedule was too easy for Iowa not to slip up at one point. Because my entire life has been Iowa playing down or playing up to the level of their competition. No matter what it was. If they're playing a bad team, well, guess what? They're going to play garbage. It's funny that the, the best teams they played this year, well, they played great. But the two worst team or t- the worst team they played with this year was Colorado State, and that was arguably their worst game of the season prior to this one. I saw a lot of people on social media saying this game reminded them of the Colorado State game. 14-7 at halftime, losing to a team you shouldn't be losing to. Like, good Lord, did Riley Moss really, <laughs> did his absence really mean that much? We said it jokingly. 
We knew it was going to be an impact. It's not Riley Moss. I am uh, pretty confident in saying this that Pro Football Focus ranks him as the number one corner in college football this season. But we've talked about before how flawed their ratings are, so maybe it's not entirely accurate. But that's it's a trusted website for most people out there. But Matt Hankins not play well. David Bell ate everything that was thrown to him. 240 yards and a touchdown in the game. Easy. I mean, Aiden O'Connell had 375 yards passing. <laughs> and 240 of them went to, Aiden, uh, to David Bell. Man. They picked off Petrus three times in the final four minutes of the game. Three times in four minutes. That is bad. That is very bad. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, not great. Not great overall. Offense stinks. Most people knew this. My dad's been saying the entire season that they were not the number two team in the nation. They weren't top three. They weren't the 10th. You look at how bad their offense is, and it's worse than Kansas and Clemson's offense. That's pretty bad. Georgia's offense is nothing spectacular, but they can do the job. They've beaten some good teams, like piss-pounded some teams. Now, their defense makes it easy for them to not really do a lot, but Zamir White is a really, really good running back. Stetson Bennett has played well in his time as Georgia's quarterback. Like We're forgetting how JT Daniels is the number one quarterback in the draft class this year. Remember that? I, w- I went to Smash Park, which is like this adult... It's like a Dave and Buster's kind of, but without the arcade games. So is that just a bar? <laughs> David, but it has like pickleball. You can play Jenga. You can play Connect Four. Like you play all these games. There's like bags outside and stuff like that. Volleyball. But I went there with one of my friends after we got back from Cedar Falls. Watched the Iowa State-Kansas State game. Iowa State won. And we were talking... What, what, what was I even going with this? <laughs> I don't even remember where I was even going with this. What did I bring up with Ryan? Do I have short-term memory loss? Because I completely blanked on what I was doing. I don't remember. All I remember really is that he said that, or what, I remembered everything from last time. I had like one beer. So, but from the game, when Ryan and I were talking, said he could have won four games I was quarterback. I think that's fine. I think that's fair. <laughs> Look how bad Iowa's offense is. It's fairly easy to say that. And sometimes you sit there and go, oh, well, yeah, okay. I mean, just hand the ball to Tyler Goodson. This offense isn't rocket science. Like, I've been an Iowa fan well, I got, for 21 years because then I went to UNI to throw away all my Iowa fandom, so that's, that's right. Uh, but they are one of the most boring, monot- monot- whatever, one of the most boring teams offensively in college football. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I know that it's probably not happening, but there is a chance, though it might be small, that Brian Ferentz replaces his dad as Iowa's head coach. It might be microscopic, but it's still a chance. And that scares the hell out of me. Should scare every Iowa fan. I know that's what most people wanted when he first got the OC job. And then you see all the stuff off the field that he's done. You see the stuff on the field and the products he's produced on offense. It's pretty bad. I don't know if he can get a head coaching job anywhere apart from high school. (laughs) I don't. A Mac school, maybe? Where the hell is he going to be a head coach at? Whoever comes in to be Kirk Ferentz's replacement, whether it's Mark Stoops, Chris Weidman, or someone like that. Not Chris Weidman. That's the UFC fighter. <laughs> Who's Kansas State's head coach? That guy. 
I can't, I'm blanking. I'm blanking a lot today. Sorry. My, I'm all over the place with my Iowa stuff. It's just so frustrating to watch how bad this team could be at times. Who the hell is their, what's their coach? I don't know why I'm blanking as much as I am today, but I am. Chris Kleiman, not Chris Weidman. That's the UFC guy. I would like Chris Kleiman as the head coach. You look at what he's done at North Dakota State. You look what he's done versus Oklahoma in the Big 12, making this a very tough place to play. But he'd be the richest coach in Iowa football history. But they're not afraid to splash in a little cash, give in a bunch of extensions. I mean, they've got Gary Barter running the thing. So it's not like you got to try very hard to convince him to give you an extension or give him give you big-time money. But Iowa stinks. They're not a top 10 team in the conference in the country, and they dropped to 11, and rightfully so. Am I surprised they dropped that much? No. I looked at the AP poll. No, I'm not surprised at all. Didn't see their name in the top 10. I was like, good. What do they do to deserve to be in the top? They beat three top 25 teams, which is very impressive. But you lost to a Purdue team. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to Bowling Green. And got dismantled doing it. Like, not even close. 17 points. Your offense could not do anything. You don't deserve to be the top 10 team. Like, they jumped up super high after beating Indiana. Moved up from 18 to 10. I know there was teams that lost, but good lord. Eight spots? And then they beat Iowa State. And I don't remember where they jumped up to then. And then they wound up at three. And then they beat Penn State and then Alabama lost. They jumped to two. And I remember sitting there with some friends after Alabama lost. And we were watching the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight. Sitting there with a few friends like, man... Spencer Peters is the quarterback of the second-ranked team in the country. And that should be enough of an indictment indictment that that's not the second-best team in college football. The fact that Spencer Peters is the quarterback of it. Like, it's bad. Their offense is non-existent. It's, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. Because their defense is so good. It did show on Saturday against David Bell, anyways. But their defense has been lights out all year. But their offense does not match it at all. I don't know if, if is Alex Padilla that bad to where he can't replace Peters at any point. But that's one of the things with Ferris that's been a little bit of annoyance for most people, at least for me, that his blind loyalty to his starting quarterback. You saw that with Jake Christensen playing an entire season. How the hell that was allowed to happen? No idea. You saw him with Jake Rudock. Now you're seeing it with Spencer Petras. Like I remember going into this thing when he got recruited and signed for Iowa. That this is the guy that broke all Jared Goff's records in high school. Went to the same high school as Goff. Broke all his records. Like, oh man, this guy's going to be really good. My dad brought this up a few weeks ago. Is this the same guy that broke all Jared Goff's records? Are we sure? Can we have a DNA test this is the same guy? And then to make matters worse, you watch Zach Wilson uh, you know, get drafted second overall. Be a Heisman candidate. Ball out for BYU. And Peters took the scholarship from him. That, doesn't, that hurts a little bit. You know what? Probably co- Brian Ferentz would probably coach the fun out of Zach Wilson, so that'd be fun to watch. But yeah, terrible game for Iowa. So there's seven points. So combined score right now, we have 38 plus 24. It's just not going great right now. So we have 38 plus 24 equals 62. It's 62 to 7 is the combined score between my teams right now. We're losing. And the final game that started for, like we talked about earlier, was you and I versus South Dakota, and that game was terrible as well. You and I, I would say in this one, kind of just shot themselves in the foot they lost a field position battle they turned the ball over a few times in South Dakota State or South Dakota Territory they had a muffed punt that went about five yards and returned back to the 13 they threw an interception and they got a fumble and South Dakota State made light work of that 
You had in a one minute eleven, eleven one minute and eleven second drive, a no second drive, not even a second, and then just under a four minute drive. That's how that went, and then a field goal with no time to spare, no time on that drive either. In the first half, South Dakota State's touchdown drives were less than just over five minutes. <laughs> That's how long their touchdown drives were. You and I tried to mount a comeback; they got to fourteen and twenty-four, but then South Dakota just kept the foot down, and they lost 24 or 21 to 34. Not great. Theo Day threw two interceptions in the game. Vance McShane led the team in rushing with 65 yards. Travis Thice, who is a, a dude, just look at his picture on South, Dakota, South Dakota's roster, a freaking beast, 120 yards rushing and a touchdown for him. Carson Camp, freshman quarterback, had two passing touchdowns in the game. Fairly easy. I mean, when you turn the ball over in your own – in your own territory that many times in the first half and you're just spotted them a 21 point lead it's very hard to come back I give you and I credit for at least trying to make it a game but losing 34 to 21 it's tough it's tough so then the final score for our games was 96 to 28 for Logan's teams Iowa scored seven William Penn scored zero and you and I scored 21 so we had 96 to 28 was the combined score of Logan's weekend for his teams that he cheers for. And we talked about last week that the weekend before was one of the best weekends ever. You look at Iowa beating Penn State. You look at Tyson Fury knocking out Deontay Wilder. You had the Bills beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. That was a beautiful weekend. Now we have the losing teams combined score 96-21 or 28. <laughs> oh, it's, it's disheartening. Hopefully, though, all these teams can bounce back. We have you and I next weekend taking on South Dakota State in Brookings, South Dakota, so it's going to be a rough-ass game. They come back home against Southern Illinois, then at Illinois State, at Missouri State, and then a hopefully easy game against Western Illinois. But yeah, not not fun. Not fun, and I have yet to look at my bets that we made this weekend. Have not done that. Have kind of avoided it like the freaking plague. I don't like checking college football scores, especially when I see something that's going on. It's like, Wow. LSU's play really good, and Florida kind of sucks ass. Ugh. But we started off really good on the weekend. Uh, we had Clemson-Syracuse, and Syracuse covered the loss by three, which was fine. I saw, like, Big Cat says this all the time on Twitter. Like, good teams win, great teams cover. That's what we got going on there, and that's what Syracuse did, covered. The Clemson's offense sucks. We know that. And the Carrier Dome's a really tough, pretty tough place to play at night for whatever reason. Don't understand it, but it is. And they covered. And then the rest of the games Friday night, uh, Oregon and Cal. That one I would take back. That one I take back. Oregon did not cover. They were favored by 13. I knew this going into the game. Cal's been hard done by, I would say, this year. You look at the games they've lost this season. Apart from the Washington State game, all of them have been by one, at least, or just one score. Just one score. You have 22-17 versus Nevada, a game they choked away. They lost by two against TCU. They lost by seven to Washington and seven again to Oregon. This team is a good team, and they have a good quarterback. Chase Garbers is a pretty good quarterback. I don't know why I was so I, – like, I tried to – so what I tried to do Friday morning was try to type up a whole blog post for picks. But when you have 27 games to go through and you're very bad at keeping things short and simple, you run out of time or you just don't have the energy to. And with Oregon, I tried to tie up something for that and couldn't think of anything on why they were going to beat Cal by 13 and a half. I don't know why I did that, but I still stuck with it. 
Like, Cal's got a good quarterback. Cal's been a competitive 1-5 this year. It's like the Lions, They've apart from the day, but we'll get to that in a little bit. They've been competitive. I don't know why I was like sitting there so confidently going, yeah, Oregon will beat them by at least 13. My reasoning was probably based on the fact that I was in Houston Stadium at night. That was probably it. Oregon coming off a loss to Stanford. I thought they'd have a little more motivation going into this game. They won, but at what cost, Oregon? What cost? And then the next game on Friday was San Diego State at San Jose State. Uh, that game did not work out. And like we said in our reasoning, because San Jose State or San Diego State is a top five team in the nation when it comes to running the football. They had 70 yards rushing in this game. Their leading rusher had 41. If you make San Diego State pass, where they have a bottom 10 passing team, you're going to keep it close. They just run the shit out of the football. And that's what San Jose State did. They stopped a what was seen to be a pretty unstoppable rushing attack. And San Diego State was forced to pass. And it didn't work. Jordan Brookshire, this season, I don't know what it is now, before the game against San Jose State, he had like a 47% completion percentage against conference teams. Now he has a 48.1% against conference teams. It's not great. Their passing attack sucks. Their defense is really good, and their passing attack stinks. So my logic was, if San Jose State's not going to be able to stop the run, they were only favored by nine. They won by six, or nine and a half, but the score going into overtime was six to six. All field goals. Nothing. Boring. Terrible. But I didn't think they'd be able to stop it, and they did. They did it really, really well, actually. You hold San Diego State to under 100 yards and make them average less than two yards a carry, you're doing something right. And I should have been more... No, that's one I I wouldn't have taken back. I would definitely take back the Oregon one. I was fairly confident going into the San Diego State, San Jose State one, but Oregon, that's one I should definitely take back because I knew Cal was going to be a tough team. Iowa-Purdue... Had Purdue or had not Purdue, definitely didn't have that. My brain shut off. My brain went biased on that one. I was like, my logic behind this one was Iowa's defense. I knew Riley Moss was going to be out, but the last time I felt like this, where it was a game that Iowa would struggle in, was against Maryland. And I was like, I wasn't feeling good going into that game, and Iowa beat them by like 60 points. <laughs> they didn't, but something along those lines. That was my logic. And how good was Maryland going into this? Supposed to be going into that game. Purdue's got Aiden O'Connell and Jack Plummer. I wasn't really scared of that quarterback tandem, whoever was going to start. And Aiden O'Connell was the guy that did it. And yeah, I know Purdue had been really good against Iowa, but my brain didn't realize that they beat him as many times as they did, and I didn't recall them losing to uh, Purdue last year, even though I watched that game. It's the first game of the year. Lost at Purdue. Tyler Linderbaum stripped Tyler Goodson, like we talked about earlier. Did not even think about that. Next game, Kentucky-Georgia. Georgia did not cover. What? Huh? Kentucky scored 13 points on Georgia? What? This is ridiculous. This is unacceptable. They were 21 and a half or 22 and a half point favorites going into this game, and they didn't cover. They won by 17. That is not enough. I told myself I never bet against Georgia, and then right after I say that, this happens. That happens. Uh, UCF, Cincinnati, Cincinnati killed them. They were fair by 21, and they beat them fairly handily. 56-21. TCU, Oklahoma. Caleb Williams is the guy. He's starting. He started the game on Saturday against TCU. And Spencer Rattler is no longer going to the NFL. No longer is he going to the NFL. He is transferring. Good Lord, Caleb Williams is very freaking good. Caleb Williams is that guy. 
And he looked good yet again against TCU. Almost 300 yards passing, four touchdowns, had a rushing touchdown, 66 yards rushing. He looked really freaking good. And TCU is not an easy team to beat down like that. They're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not an easy team to break like that. I've seen Oklahoma struggle mightily against teams like this. We see it with Kansas State almost every single year. You saw it with West Virginia earlier this season. You saw it with Tulane. And they whooped TCU. I was under the impression Max Duggan wasn't playing on Saturday. I got a, rep- or I got a report. I got a, a notification that said Max Duggan was hurt. So I didn't think he was playing. He did. And he played really good. Or good. He played good in the game. Not really good. He played good. But Oklahoma... They were favored in this game. Where are they at on my little betting list? I should probably just go in order in this to make it a lot easier for myself. They were favored by 13.5, and and they won by 21. So there we go. There's another cover. Good job. Alabama-Mississippi State. Yeah, Alabama killed Mississippi State as pretty easily predicted. (laughs) Alabama played awesome. Bryce Young looked really good again. Didn't look great against Texas A&M, but bounced back mightily against Mississippi State, which was expected. Alabama cruised past Mississippi State. Michigan State, Indiana. Michigan State covered. They won by five, favored by four and a half. Uh, Kenneth Walker III was held to only 84 yards in this game. And Jack Tuttle actually started the game for Indiana over Michael Penix. I don't know if there's an injury going on with Michael Penix. I know he got hurt against uh, Penn State. I didn't know if it was a long-term injury or anything. I didn't hear anything about it. But Peyton Thorne also threw two interceptions in the game, which is very anti-Peyton Thorne for this season. But yeah, Michigan State still covered, so it was perfectly fine. Next one, Texas-Oklahoma State. Screw Texas. Good freaking Lord. You guys just can't hold second-half leads, can you? You can't. You scored, you're up, and then you allow 16 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to lose 32-24. to That is insane. That is stupid. I mean, I like Spencer Sanders. I like Spencer Sanders quite a bit. But... You blew another fourth quarter lead. Bijan Robinson looked good again. Two rushing touchdowns, 135 yards. Looked really good. Unsurprising. One of the best two running backs in college football, him and Kenneth Walker the third. But you lost again. You blew a massive lead in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma. You blew a 25-point lead against Oklahoma. And this week, you're winning, and you lose again to Oklahoma State, this time at home. And you could even argue the game against Oklahoma was at home because it's in Texas. I get it's right in the middle between Oklahoma University of Oklahoma or Oklahoma University and Texas, but it's in Dallas. Do you think there's more Oklahoma fans or more Texas fans or right down the middle as it should be for this game? No, it's 90% Texas fans. I would imagine anyways. I could be wrong, but I would imagine that. But you blew another fourth quarter lead. Technically, still at home. Terrible. Ole Miss versus Tennessee. Ole Miss wins 31-26, and Matt Corral running the ball. Good freaking Lord. Looked awesome. Almost had 200 yards rushing in this game. At one point, he did, but then he finished up with 195 yards on 30 freaking carries. <laughs> Ole Miss has one of the best rushing attacks in college football. It doesn't really get talked about that much, but we talked about it when they lost Alabama and how one-dimensional their offense turned because Ole Miss's O-line wasn't doing anything. They struggled. And Matt Corral did his best, but in this game against Tennessee, had a great game running the ball. And they won the game, and they covered. Arkansas-Auburn. Uh, Auburn covered. They won. And I texted my friend Ryan, who I hung out with on Saturday night. He's a big Arkansas fan. Big-time Arkansas fan. 
And I asked him, can Arkansas cover? Didn't say he was too confident, but he said at home they probably will. They weren't favored by a lot. It wasn't like they were favored by 18 points or something. It wasn't anything like that. Nope. Auburn was a uh, 3.5 underdog. Arkansas favored by three and a half. That was it. And Auburn won 38 to 23. And another game that we needed someone to cover, they did not score in the fourth quarter. Did not score in the fourth quarter. Tank Bigsby held the 68 yards. One Again, one of the other better running backs in college football. Bo Nix had a pretty nice game. Traylon Burks, unsurprisingly, had a really nice game. 109 yards, two touchdowns in the game. But man, losing by what? What score is that? 15, not ideal. Not ideal for the spread. Utah, Arizona State. This game was even and Utah State won. I had Arizona State winning. And yet again, a team we needed to win did not score in the fourth quarter. Didn't even score a point in the second half. They were up 21-7 to at halftime. And they allowed 28 unanswered points in the second half to lose. What the hell is that? I know Utah's a tough place to play. But I thought Arizona State was turning another leaf that they were going to be that team. I almost picked Utah, but I was like, ah, since it's even, I'll go with Arizona State. I like Jaden Daniels a lot. It looked good in the first half. But turns out, yet another team did not score in the second half or score in the fourth quarter. Texas didn't. Ole Miss didn't, but they covered. Arkansas didn't. And now Arizona State didn't. But not only did they not score in the fourth quarter, they didn't score in the second half. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Then we had Baylor, BYU. Baylor won by 14. We had that. And then the infamous LSU-Florida game, which we will get to last. We'll get to last. Next one, A&M-Missouri. A&M won fairly easily. And NC State beat Boston College fairly easily. So now back to the Florida game, Florida-LSU game. We said, going into this game, that Emory Jones, as long, well, as long as Florida does not turn the ball over, namely Emory Jones, they should win. Because LSU's defense has been riddled with injuries. Derek Stingley's not playing. Uh, Ricks isn't playing. Allie Gay's out. So there was nobody here on defense. LSU is extremely one-dimensional, or at least what we thought. And Tryon Davis-Price, 287 yards with three touchdowns running the ball. Everything that was told about this game going in, Florida's offense has been really good. LSU's rushing attacks, not great. They're very reliant on the pass game, and their defense is riddled with injuries. None of that mattered in this game. Florida threw four interceptions, okay, threw four interceptions in this game, and LSU ran the crap down Florida's throat. 45 carries for 321 yards for the team, three touchdowns. Where the hell did this come from? Why did this just exist for the Florida game? Why did this not exist against Kentucky? Why did this not exist against UCLA? You got blown out by Kentucky. I understand Florida lost Kentucky, but good Lord. Like that? Almost 300 yards rushing for one person. And this is a team that averaged like 80 yards rushing a game. Florida averaged 500 yards of offense a game. It's like a top six offense in college football. And they got pounded. Now, we said this going into the game, that if Emory jo- or if, uh, Richardson did not get hurt against USF, Emory Jones would have lost his starting job because he threw two terrible interceptions against USF. Well, now Richardson's got the starting job back. He did throw two interceptions in the game, but Emory Jones has thrown nine interceptions as opposed to ten touchdowns this season now. He still leads the team in rushing, but they already tr- experimented with benching him before. I, I'm pretty sure they pulled the plug after this one. He threw an insane 
ha- or a halftime Hail Mary that everybody just kind of got out of the way for. But, good Lord, four interceptions. All we said, everything we said that could happen or should happen in this game did not happen. Florida can't turn the ball over against LSU's injured-prone defense. That happened. One of the worst passing defenses in college football. It happened. LSU has been not has not been able to run the football at all this year. Guess what? They ran for over 320 yards. One guy had over 280 and three touchdowns. They're really relying on the pass game. They only threw it 24 times to Florida's 40. This game sucked. This was my, apart from the Iowa game. This was my least favorite game on the weekend for FBS football. This game sucked because everything that was supposed to happen did not happen. And I hate it. I hate everything about it. I thought Emory Jones was turning another leaf. Turns out he was not. He still wants to throw interceptions. One touchdown, two interceptions. Ten touchdowns, nine interceptions on the season. And LSU just ran the ball down Florida's freaking throat. Good Lord. 321 yards rushing for, for LSU. That is terrible. So let's calculate how many games in the top 25 we got correct. We did not get Oregon. We did not get San Jose State. We did not get Iowa. We did not get Georgia. We got Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Baylor, Texas A&M, and NC State. So we got eight games right out of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. We got 50%. For top twenty for top twenty five teams this weekend, and I could have been wrong. I wasn't. Really, let's do it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. No, sixteen again. Yeah, yeah, fifty yeah. percent. And there's some BS games that I wish I could take back. Florida LSU. Every again, everything we said did not happen in the game for Florida. For Oregon Cal, I knew Cal was going to be a tough team. Wish I could have taken that one back. Iowa Purdue. Purdue's had Iowa's number recently. Should have taken that one back. Uh, what other one should I have taken back this week? I was fairly confident about Oklahoma's underdog again to Iowa State this weekend. Like, they're not, they were. I don't know what they are in the current rankings, but they were the number 12 team in the nation. They were underdogs to Texas. They're underdogs again from the recent thing I saw on Twitter today to Iowa State. Uh, Arkansas, that was one I was questioning. That was the last game I picked, actually. Utah or Arizona State. Kind of wish I took that one back because of the fact it's in Utah, tough place to play, even though Arizona State thought they were going to be really good in that game. They were good for a half. And they decided, you know what? I'm tired. It's like the thing scene from Holes where Arizona State's the, da- the granddaughter, I'm the granddad. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. Well, that's too damn bad. And guess what? They still stopped digging the hole. Sucked. Arizona State decided, yeah, you know, we're not going to play anymore today. We're done. Tired of you, Logan. So other games outside of the top 25 that happened. Minnesota, Nebraska. Nebraska thought they could cover. Guess what? <laughs> nope. Did not cover. Not only did not cover, they lost 23-30. to So it did not work that one. Uh, what other games do we have on here? Miami, North Carolina. North Carolina was a seven-point favorite in this game. Well, would you believe that Miami lost the game by three? Oh, my goodness. That is insane. Cannot believe it. Logan's luck has been so great this season. Because you know why? Because North Carolina, I thought with Miami not having Derek King, they'd be fine. And turns out, yeah, Tyler Van Dyke threw three interceptions in the game. Didn't freaking matter. 
Because Florida, or Florida, North Carolina, was like, oh, yeah, we got may have picked you off three times, but we're not going to stop you the rest of the game. So they didn't cover. They did not cover in that game. Next one, Pitt Vautech. Pitt was a four and a half point favorite, and they covered. They won 28 to 7. So that was pretty damn impressive. Kenny Pickett, decent game. Not his best game this season, but a decent game nonetheless. But 28 to 7, pretty nice. Kent State, Western Michigan, let's just say this. It, it did not happen. I'm not going to go over the score again. It did not happen. Had Kent State covering. That's what all you need to know about that. Fresno State, Wyoming, pretty sure Fresno State won, if I'm not mistaken. And we had Fresno State covering. They won 17 0. They were underdogs. Or they favored by three and a half. Next game, Iowa State, Kansas State. Iowa State won. The Iowa State was favored by six and a half. We had the Cyclones. Stanford, Washington State did not see this game at all yesterday. So I don't know. Washington State won. Of course they did. Why would they not win that game? Stanford's favorite one and a half. Why would they not? Army versus Wisconsin. This was one of my dangerous picks of the weekend. And guess what? They covered. Army scored 14 points in the fourth quarter to cover against Wisconsin. Like we said, these these triple option schools are tough for teams that don't have a very athletic quarterback. You can't simulate this. And that's what happened on Saturday. Army's played Oklahoma, Michigan, and now Wisconsin very tough. All on the road. That's just what they do. They're not going to win the game, but they'll play your they'll play your ass off in that game. Next one, UCLA and Washington. I'm pretty sure UCLA won, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah, UCLA won. They were fair by one and a half. Yeah, they won the game. Next game on here, we had Boise State against Air Force, and Air Force won, and they were four-point underdogs. We said going into this game that Boise State can't stop the run. They can't. When I was typing up my research or trying to type up that blog post, Boise State's allowed a 100-plus yard rusher in four games, now five. And one of those games was a 200-yard rusher. In the three games they lost, they allowed an over-100-yard rusher. Okay? So that was not – that was benefit to Air Force. And Air Force, yeah, 307 yards rushing. They had a 100-yard – over plus 100-plus-yard rusher in this game. Didn't pass the ball, but Boise State lives and dies by the pass game, and that didn't work for him. They also fumbled in the game as well. So that was a fairly – I was confident in that one as well. And then the final game that we have on here was Arizona State-Utah. State, and like we said, Arizona State did not win the game because the line was even. They lost – just didn't show up in the second half. They just <laughs> decided, ah, nah, we're good. We don't need to play two halves football. We're good with this one. But, yeah, I think uh, the games I was confident in was Air Force-Boise – Wisconsin Army, Clemson Syracuse, Alabama, Mississippi State. I think I was confident. Was that one I said I was confident in? I got to go back and see which games I said I was confident in because I don't really remember. I know the first three. I was definitely confident in those ones. Michigan State, Indiana got that one. So I was four for five on confident games. I'll take that. Clemson Syracuse, Michigan State, Indiana, Kentucky. Oh, no. Okay, I was four for six, okay? Because I had six games I listed on here on Instagram. We can go and follow me at the Logan Blackman Show 1. But I had six games on here. Clemson, Syracuse, Michigan State, Indiana, Florida, LSU, Kentucky, Georgia, Army, Wisconsin, and Air Force, Boise. Four of those games are right, and those four games all took the underdog. So, or th- three of those four games all took the underdog. So I will take that. Games I wasn't really confident in, Auburn, Arkansas, <laughs> didn't happen. Auburn won. Kent State, Western Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> Western Michigan killed them. Tennessee, Ole Miss. Ole Miss won and covered. So that, but I was, again, I told you I wasn't confident three games. And those three games, two of them, I proved I wasn't confident in because they all sucked. 
just for just in case you didn't see what the Western Michigan Kent State score was, uh, it was 64 to 31. Because similarly to all the other games we mentioned, Kent State scored nothing in the second half. I mean, nothing. I mean, they scored 14 points, which is fine. But when you allow 27 points the third quarter alone, and then 14 points the fourth quarter, it's going to be very hard to win the game. Very hard. All you need to do is cover six and a half, and they lost by freaking 33 points. That's not poggers. <laughs> but yeah, the games I wasn't confident in, uh, two of them were wrong. <laughs> I, I told you I was not confident in those games. I shouldn't have been confident. I wasn't really confident in Cal and Oregon. I don't know why I didn't put that one down there. I wasn't, I, I don't know. I don't know. What other game did I say I was confident in? I don't remember. I know I said Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Florida. That game was. We're just going to control it, delete that one. That one was terrible. That was my lead. Again, outside of games that I had any affiliation to, Florida LSU is the one that pissed me off the most. That one pissed me off the most because everything that was supposed to happen literally did not happen in that game, which is complete BS, and I hate it. So on the weekend, we got Cal Syr- or Syracuse Clemson right. We got Anna Missouri, Michigan State, Indiana. Ooh. <laughs> so USF, UCF, Cincinnati, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Baylor, BYU, Fresno State, Wyoming, Alabama, Mississippi State, NC State, Boston College, Iowa State, Syria, Kent State, Kent State, Kansas State, TCU, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Tennessee, RB, Wisconsin, UC- no, wait, UCLA won, right? I'm forgetting all these games now. Yeah, UCLA won, so there's another one. And then we had Air Force, Boise. So we got 15 games right. Out of 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. 15 out of 27, not ideal. 55%. You know, last week we got around 60, so that's not great. But again, games I would take back. Oregon Cal is definitely one I would take back. Army Ar- or Auburn Arkansas is one I would take back. Um... Pitt or Purdue, Iowa, that's one I would take back. Kent State, Western Michigan, in hindsight, should definitely have taken that one back. But I, at the time, I was decently confident in that one. Uh, any other ones, really? Go to the next page. Arizona State, Utah. So four games. So if I took those four games back, four, 19 divided by 27, we would have had a 70%, which is a lot better than not. But, hey, you win some, you lose some. I'll take... The LSU Florida game pisses me off. <laughs> that one, that was extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating. But it's it's college football. You win some, you lose some. And I had fun this weekend. A lot of people, a lot of friends that I had went to the Iowa game this weekend. My Snapchat story was stories were basically all filled up with the Iowa Purdue game, and every single one of them were Iowa fans. I don't know any Purdue fans. I can take back. I take that back. One of them's an Iowa State fan that I gave a shirt to. Because I was gonna, I was in Cedar Falls. I wanted to go to the UNI game, but we didn't do that. But didn't miss much on that either. But we talked about Iowa being falling out of the top twenty or top ten, and they are eleventh. Here's the latest AP top twenty-five. We have Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State. That's your top five. Followed by Michigan, Penn State, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Oregon, and then Iowa, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Coast Carolina, Kentucky, Wake Forest. A&M, NC State, Auburn, Baylor, SMU, San Diego State, Pitt's now in the top 25, UTSA, Texas San Antonio is finally in the top 25 as well, and Purdue 
is now in the top 25. We have teams fall out of the top 25 at Arkansas, Arizona State, BYU, Florida, and Texas. And good riddance to all of you because you know why? Because I picked every one of those freaking losers to win and cover, and none of those loser teams did. So screw all of you. None of you deserve to be in the top 25 anyways. And for some reason, Clemson's getting <laughs> the most... They're 26, and we want to go into the receiving votes category. Somehow, they have swindled their way to being 26. 64 votes. For what? Almost lost to Syracuse. Why is Syracuse not getting mentioned then? I don't know. I don't... Clemson shouldn't be near it for how... Oh, God. They've almost lost some pretty bad teams. <laughs> they played Boston College close. They played Georgia Tech close. They played Syracuse close. They lost to NC State. They, they almost... I mean, they, they, oh, they thoroughly smashed South Carolina State. Good for them. But, yeah. In regards to fandom for Logan, it's not great. It's not really that ideal. But we had some games going on in the NFL. It's 340, 339 now. So the first set of games is done and dusted, or for the most part. We had the Chargers and Ravens. Thought that was going to be a lot closer. A 34-6 was the final. Chargers couldn't do anything on offense. Yeah, terrible game, terrible, terrible game. Uh, then we had we had the Jaguars beating the Dolphins, which was awesome. Congratulations to the Jaguars on getting their first win in 20 games. It's very impressive. And, yeah, I'm not even upset that I said the Dolphins will only lose six games because there ain't no way in hell they're winning, going 10-6 and six now. And I don't – or what? No. 10-7 and seven is what I had them at, I believe. So seven games. I forgot there were 17 games. They ain't doing that. How bad they are. They ain't doing that. You just lost to the worst team in the NFL. Congratulations. And the Packers beat the Bears yet again. And Rodgers scored a rushing touchdown and screamed to the pa the Bears crowd, said, I still own you. I still own you. And people say he doesn't care. Yeah, people say he doesn't care. He hates the Packers. He hates everything about them, but he loves owning the Chicago Bears. Then we had the Lions dismantling the Lions, or the Bengals dismantling the Lions today. Joe Burrow's throat contusion did not prove to be that big of a hindrance as he threw for three touchdowns in the game. Jamar Chase in a 97-yard game, but no touchdowns. I think it's the first game this year. He hasn't scored a touchdown, but the Bengals are 4-2. Accelerating a year that I thought they'd be good next year. I was going to delay a year. But they're good. Bengals are good. And I don't think they really care that people didn't like them drafting Jamar Chase. I think we said that at the draft, right? We said they should draft Jamar Chase, didn't we? Said their off the line was vastly improved in the season four. I believe we said that. I don't think now that they're really complaining that they got Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell, wow. It's almost like some people said that, and the Lions lost 34-11. Now they're the only 0-6 team in the NFL, team without a win, because the Jaguars, again, like we said, beat the Dolphins, and the Jets a few weeks ago beat the Titans. Yeah. I feel bad for the Lions. They're probably the best 0-5 team of all time, if we're being, or 0-6 team now of all time, if we're being honest here. Then we had the Colts dismantling the Texans. We had the Rams dismantling the Giants. Chiefs ultimately... Ended up beating up on the Washington football team. It wasn't like that the entire game. It was, what, 13 to 10 at halftime in favor of Washington. So it wasn't like it was a insane blowout. They won 31-13. It wasn't like that the entire, the entire game. We had a lot of blowouts today, though. And we're just looking solely at scores. Like, we had the Chargers get blown out. We had the Lions get blown out. The Texans got blown out. The Giants got blown out. And technically... I guess score-wise, the Washington football team got blown out in the game with Taylor Heineke was supposed to have this amazing game and threw one touchdown and one interception with... Not, it was against the worst defense in the NFL. Ugh, that's not great. But, yeah. 
There's not really a lot to get emotional about in the NFL this weekend, apart from the Washington football team <clears throat> being other jokes. Like, we knew they were. <clears throat> we knew they were. We knew they we knew what we, they are what we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Right, we knew. So we had all John Gruden's emails. We all, we all know about this at this point. If you watched anything surrounding the NFL over the past week, you would know about the John Gruden email stuff. Not a secret. The fact that it involves a lot of things in the Washington football team organization, and just coincidentally, the dickhead known as Daniel Snyder and the other dickhead known as Bruce Allen are just clear right now. It's just completely clear. I don't... I'm confused. I saw a tweet yesterday. It was from the Associated Press, AP. The NFL has known no other current personnel that sent emails with racist, homophobic, or misogynistic language like those written by John Gruden that led to his resignation as Las Vegas Raiders coach, a person familiar with the documents told AP. Bullshit. So, out of 3,000... Oh, no, not 3,000. Why, why did I pull 3,000 out? I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. 649,995 emails. C- completely clean. Completely clean. That's what we're saying here. And I, the Washington football team, I don't know if we talked about this on Friday. I know I talked about this on Cole's show. I was on Cole and Company on Friday. We talked about the John Gruden situation. But the Washington football team, we've known this, are a joke of a franchise led by a joke of a man in Daniel Snyder. We've known this for years. We said when we did Top 5 Dumbest last year during COVID, the thing that was the dumbest thing they ever did as an organization was allow the NFL owners to allow Daniel Snyder to buy this team. This is a historic franchise that's done a lot in the history of the NFL, and now it's just marred by idiocy, marred by uh, misconduct after misconduct, scandal after scandal, idiocy. Again, idiocy after idiocy. It's a joke right now. Like last year, we had the whole, oh, we're moving on from the Redskins name. Okay, what's the name? Uh, Well, even though we've been talking about this for about 10 years now, we never actually thought of anything, so we're going to be the Washington football team. Which now, I actually, I'm kind of fine with the Washington football team name. I kind of like the name. But back then, it was like, this is so Daniel Snyder-led Washington football team here. And then now... After all of this stuff goes on, again, I don't, if we talked about this on Friday, I apologize for bringing it up again, but they retired Sean Taylor's jersey today. They announced it three days before the game. And then somebody on the Washington football team organization said, oh yeah, we planned this all along. We just didn't announce too late. Sorry for a late announcement. It's fairly convenient that they retired it when all of this stuff's going off to get some heat off them. One of the most beloved characters in Washington football team history is now getting his number retired on the same week that every single person in the front office is getting examined for bad emails. Really convenient. And then after that tweet got sent out, because I saw this, I think, yesterday, Sean Taylor's family had no idea they were retiring his jersey. No idea. And they just announced it. But this has been planned all along. We just never announced it. That's not how jersey retirements work. It's not how it works. Like, this organization's a freaking joke. And... That's all I can really say about it. Like, out of all 600,000 plus emails, John Gruden's the only one that anything bad. With the Washington football team people, what we know about them, I do not believe that whatsoever. And I hope none of you believe that out there either. I'm not saying anything bad about the Washington football team fans or their current players. 
It's the stupid people that run their organization. And we said this a few weeks ago when the European Super League, or a few months ago when the European Super League was kicking off, all the sports we love and the teams we love are run by stupid people. Every single greedy, stupid people. Well, Logan, they can't be stupid if they're millions. No, that's not, they're idiots. All of them. The Washington football team are run by a bunch of idiots that don't know how to handle anything. And if he was, Daniel Snyder wasn't friends with Jerry Jones and the commissioner didn't get his wages paid by the owners, that dude would have been gone years ago. But the problem is, because he's an owner, you have to have someone coming in and buy this freaking team. You can't just fire him. Someone's got to come in with the money to get him out. Which is what we saw with Newcastle United, with Mike Ashley finally getting bought out by the Saudis. And now they're the richest club on planet Earth. Manchester United has had terrible owners. A lot of teams had terrible owners. But you can't do anything because they're owners. You can't just fire them like you can't do with a GM or a director of player personnel or something like that. A coach? No. Ah, man. I've never really liked the Washington football team, but the more the years go on, the more and more I dislike the team. It's just a stupid run organization. It really is. And the fact they use Sean Taylor to mask what's going on with this team is one of the dumbest things they've done in regards to an organizational decision. I'm not saying it's the worst thing they've done because they've done a lot of stupid things and a lot of really bad things over the years, but that's the dumbest thing they've done in regards to let's save face because they won't come after us when Sean Taylor is getting his jersey retired. That's annoying as hell. It is. It's just annoying, and I hate that they're using him to do that. But hey, he deserves his number retired. I'm not saying anything like that. Like it's just a a media stunt. And his his number wouldn't be retired if he what if the Redskins weren't in trouble or watch the football team weren't in trouble right now. I'm not saying that Sean Taylor deserves to have his number retired easily. He was bound to be one of the best safeties in NFL history before his life got taken away from him. So I respect 100 percent the fact that retiring it. I don't respect the timing. Don't respect the timing at all. Because I don't think it's it's not about Sean Taylor. It's to save face. Because no one's going to come after us if we're retiring a beloved player's jersey. Which is stupid. And I hate it. But yeah. The, the, <laughs> I don't like the Chiefs either. But the Chiefs, to my knowledge, haven't done anything this stupid. Other than say that. <laughs> oh, man. Patrick Mahomes is one less interception than Zach Wilson. That's your MVP right there. <laughs> <laughs> man, he's miles better than Josh Allen. We said that after the AFC Championship game, and now he has one more, one less interception than Zach Wilson. And he's thrown, I think, what, what is it now? Some ridiculous number of interceptions in his last few games. And Patrick Mahomes is the second most interception in the NFL. <laughs> man, the other two players up there are rookies. And this is your best quarterback by far in the NFL. Hmm. Crazy. <laughs> uh, but right now, we got some games going on right now. The Arizona Cardinals are beating the Browns by 13 points right now with an extra point pending. Raiders and Broncos are tied at 7. And we got the Cowboys and Patriots tied at 7 as well. The Cowboys just scored a touchdown. Extra point was good. And, yeah, we got Monday Night Football. Bills, Titans, and Sunday Night Football tonight is Steelers and Seahawks. Geno Smith versus Ben Roethlisberger. What an exciting matchup we got going on there. But Bills-Titans, last year's Tuesday Night Football. I don't remember the last time the Bills played this stupid team at home, but Buffalo travels well, and they always travel really well to Nashville for some odd reason. But I'm excited. 
Very excited. It's not Tuesday Night Football and the Bills are hot and the Titans are the most injured team in the NFL. The thing I'm not excited for is A.J. Brown just got listed as questionable for this game. They couldn't tell me that this morning. No, 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 no. We couldn't do that. We had to tell you after all the noon guys played. That's the exact right time to do that. That's when we're going to tell you he's not going to play or might not play. When you can't pick up anybody, which is annoying as hell. But right now, I'm winning by 10 in fantasy football. Winning by 10, which is always nice. And the guy I'm playing has all of his guys playing right now. That's why I'm winning by 10 right now. He's got Melvin Gordon playing, Amari Cooper, and Matt Prater. I think that's it, right? Though All those guys are playing. Najee Harris doesn't play till tonight. A.J. Brown doesn't play till Sunday night. Or Monday night. Tyler Lockett plays tonight. And then Zach Moss plays tonight. Or t- Monday night. Jeez, I'm getting all my players mixed up. So I'm feeling confident. If you couldn't hear, that's me knocking on wood. Because I'm not jinxing this. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to score 104 points. But hey, Jonathan Taylor got me 27 points. I remember at the beginning of the year. Remember when we talked about this? Or the beginning of the season? When people were coming at our people. Someone came after my running backs in fantasy football. And then now Jonathan Taylor has back-to-back weeks of 20-plus points. 28 points and 27 points. In three weeks, 17, 28, and 27. Or if we want to round up, 17, 29, and 28. And Najee Harris is coming also off a week where he scored 20 points. He scored 14-plus points in every game apart from the first game against the Bills. So, yeah, we're feeling pretty confident right now with our running backs. It's a shame they didn't pan out like the way he thought they were. We're not going to mention names because I'm going to... Save him for this moment. But yeah, that's all we've got for you to my knowledge anyways on the Logan Blackman Show. Unless I'm forgetting something mightily important, I'm going to go through my camera roll real quick if there was anything that I wanted. Oh, Tennessee chucking garbage on the field after they got a, a shady fourth down conversion that didn't, they referees marked it weird. Um, yeah, why? Maybe I'm just because I'm from the state of Iowa, and I got people that are on my Twitter that follow Iowa State and follow Iowa and Penn. Like, maybe that's why. But I haven't seen a, a, enough. I think of Tennessee fans throwing a golf ball at Lane Kiffin and throwing a mustard bottle. I mean, I've seen it on like bar stool and stuff like that. But are we going to talk about how bad their fans are now? The honkies down in Tennessee. Because I saw honkies in Iowa. Don't know how to respect fans. But then, yeah. Uh, we had multiple people booing injuries, which is, oh, terrible, which we talked about on Friday. Booing happens. If you're that hurt about it, don't play the sport. Away fans are not going to like you. It's how it freaking works. Did Iowa, Are Iowa people or the players going to complain they got booed off the field at halftime? No. I don't care. Well, Iowa booed the ball falling off the tee yesterday, too. Is Purdue going to have a big meeting about that and have a press conference with pre-written notes ready for that? Probably not. And they had a great tweet after the game. We just beat the number two out of Iowa. That's great. Love that. I don't think Purdue's going to... I don't think Iowa's going to cry either. I don't think Lane Kiffin's going to cry about this versus booing. (laughs) Is Lane Kiffin going to have a press conference about people throwing crap on the field? Maybe. Will he talk about it for a week? Maybe. I doubt it because most people just move on. (laughs) This is worse than booing possible fake injuries. Like, come on. But it's not going to get time. We got through mustard on the field, through all stuff at Ole Miss's sideline. Like, we threw a golf ball at Lane Kiffin. But 
No, Iowa fans suck. And that's why 99% of America hates the Hawkeyes, said one Cyclone fan on Twitter. <laughs> but, but yeah, Iowa State is what? the if, you go, if you're counting fans of teams that go to other schools, Iowa State's the least popular out of the big three. Because you, like Iowa State fans commonly point out, you and I is full of Iowa fans. So we have two of the top three universities in the state of Iowa. Two of them are Iowa fans. But most of the state and most of the country hates Iowa. That's probably one of the dumbest tweets I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I get people not liking Iowa, but this is why they're one of the most hated teams. No one hates, apart from Iowa State. And my friend Ryan yesterday said this best. For some reason, they just don't understand their place. And that's fine. Fans are going to be passionate. There's stupid fans in every fan base. We said that before. The loud, the vocal minority can be very annoying at times. <laughs> this is why most people hate, and the country hate Tennessee football. I better see that. I better see that because this is worse than booing players. Try <laughs> you could injure, actually injure somebody by hugging a golf ball at them. This is then the Raiders we're dealing with here. Good freaking lord. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today on this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Pretty depressing one at that in regards to the sporting world for Logan. But, hey, fun weekend. Football's always fun to watch regardless if your team's winning or not. I had fun watching football at Smash Park last night. And I've had fun watching the NFL today. A lot, Very stress-free NFL day today, which was nice. I needed a day to relax <laughs> from the atrocities that I witnessed or heard on the radio on Saturday. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today. Hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I can only apologize. But make sure you go and subscribe to Logan Blackman Show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Go and follow me on all forms of social media, Twitter, Instagram. Go like the Facebook page. Subscribe again to the Apple Podcast Spotify account. And go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And with that, I bid you adieu. And I will see you all later. Peace. <laughs>